Welcome to MTSU On The Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Nancy James retired December 22nd after 33 years as director of the MTSU Child Care Lab. The facility is located on Alumni Drive and has served the campus community for 40 years. Now the lab is being shut down to make way for new residential housing off the site. So how will the students and employees find daycare for their youngsters? We'll discuss that and Nancy's future in retirement after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU is creating a new center in its College of Education to focus on recruiting and retaining diverse teacher candidates, graduate students, and faculty. The announcement was part of a broader discussion at the quarterly MTSU Board of Trustees meeting held on December 8th on the need to better serve and encourage students from underserved communities, particularly black males. Professor Michelle Stevens, introduced as director of the new Fairness, Justice, and Equity Center in the College of Education, said the center will offer educational opportunities, support, and advocacy for community partners. It will also partner with Memphis-based Man Up Teacher Fellowship, a nonprofit working to provide students in high-poverty areas access to male teachers. And a member of the MTSU Board of Trustees has given students a big boost without casting a single vote. Tom Boyd's generous donation of 2,000 pounds of crackers, granola bars, and peanut butter to the student food pantry helped replenish depleted inventories. In addition to being a trustee, Boyd is on the board of Joseph's Storehouse, a nonprofit, ministry-driven food bank that serves Wilson and surrounding counties in Tennessee. Through Boyd, the pantry now has a partnership with a Lebanon, Tennessee-based charity. The Student Food Pantry is located on the second floor of the MT1 stop on campus. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Nancy, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Good to have you. Hey, thank, before we get into the future of childcare and the future of Nancy James, uh, could you please explain the Child Care Lab's purpose, both for the parents whose children used it and for the MTSU students who work there. We celebrated the 40th year that the lab has been in existence here on campus. And uh, it's primary, two primary missions um, that was the reason that it started, uh, of course, was our two primary missions, which is first to provide a safe, healthy, nurturing environment for preschoolers while their parents um, either attend classes or and or work here on campus. Uh, the second uh, mission was to provide a laboratory setting for the different disciplines here on campus to use our facility for research and observation. So we have been doing that for 40 years. Um, of course, the first priority has always been students. So we give students, we have given students our first priority to enroll their children here. And then we do also provide um, for the employees too, if we have spaces available. The students who worked at the child care lab, what were their majors? Uh, social work, education, all kinds of majors? Yes, they were. And of course we had always um, preferred and had requested for students who are either in the field of early childhood or related um, fields, such as the ones you mentioned, social work, psychology, nursing, elementary education. Um, but however, over the years, 
we also had students that were aerospace majors or business majors, and they just enjoyed working with children. And uh, some of them had experience, some of them had limited experience, but they wanted to do that. And of course, we even had some who then changed their major to education after working here. But uh, we have provided a place for work-study students and interns to be here at the lab to gain that hands-on experience working with preschool-age children. Well, now that the lab is going away, what will the students who worked there do to obtain the experiential learning that they seek? Well, of course, there are two, er two other early childhood programs here on campus, uh, the Ann Campbell Early Learning Center and the Child Development Center. And of course, the Child Development Center is specifically targeted for the early childhood education majors. Um, so they, they do have those uh, opportunities. We hope that they will also, um, their professors will try to collaborate with some of the nearby childcare centers uh, to allow uh, students to go there and of course be helpful for the center itself and then also very helpful to the student to see firsthand how a, a licensed childcare center operates. What will happen to the Child Care Lab state funding? Well, right now, what we're going to do, what the, the administration has decided to do is to take the funds that uh, traditionally has operated our lab and transfer them to the June Anderson Women's Center where they have um, made a new position there in the center called the Child Care Coordinator. And that coordinator will be responsible mainly for overseeing the uh, money that will be put into grants for parents, uh, for students specifically to apply for money that can go toward their childcare fees. Uh, so that coordinator will be doing exactly that, coordinating that money and ensuring that parents can um, be able to have some supplemental funds to help them with their childcare needs. Uh, and of course, that, that uh, new coordinator position will also just help with uh, parents trying to find resources for various things that they need for their children, which we tried to provide when we were operating. Uh, Ms. Amanda Jerkston uh, will be filling that position and she will begin that new um, job. Is she will be hitting the ground running and uh, she, she certainly has the experience over here knowing about resources. Um, and she has great connections with the parents that were that were here already. And I think she will do just a fantastic job with that new position. Okay. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The American Democracy Project is a nonprofit initiative which strives for greater voter registration and civic participation among young people at MTSU and at campuses nationwide. Through encouragement from professors and peers, young adults are shown the value of being more active citizens in their community, their state, and their nation. ADP seeks to nurture programs that raise the campus community's level of engagement with society. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms. 
There's no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking with Nancy James, Director Emeritus, you might say, of the MTSU Child Care Lab. She ran that uh, institution for 33 years and now is retired. Uh, what will be the criteria for applying for the grants uh, for child care for the students and employees now from going forward? Yeah. Um, from my understanding, and of course, this is all new, and so I'm sure there'll be some tweaking along the way, but the primary purpose is, of course, to help uh, particularly uh, the students uh, with their child care fees. We all know that child care is very expensive. Uh, to find a uh, affordable, quality child care program is, is difficult, um, and especially during this time when now uh, child care is, is uh, hard to find and um, especially affordable child care. So this is to help the students so that they can continue to um, you know, work on their degree uh, without, you know, we were, I'm proud to say that we were affordable and uh, we were very close and convenient. Um, so we know that this is gonna be difficult for some to, to find. So I think this coordinator's position and the grant money is just the sole purpose is to do that. Now I'm sure, like I said, they're gonna have to um, maybe do some tweaking, but that's, that's gonna be their goal and that's what they'll try to do. And if they need to change a few things around to, to do that, they will. How they're starting this is of course the parents that have been displaced now that we are closed are getting the first priority. And they're gonna start with that group of parents and um, you know, be sure that they get placed and that, that we've already been working with them to, to do that. Uh, we've turned in their applications uh, for this $1,000 grant money per semester per child. Uh, so we're, we're trying to get them for sure uh, placed where that they don't have a disruption in their um, you know, pursuing their degree. Um, and some of our parents were employees and of course some of them have applied. But I know as we go along, I'm sure that they're gonna be looking at those who have the most need um, and uh, we'll go from there, of course. The child care lab, like other child care facilities is regulated by the state. And uh, there are certain quotas that have to be maintained in order uh, to have the best quality of care. Uh, certain facilities cannot go over a certain number of students to accept, children, I should say, to accept. So as a, a child care professional for so long, talk in general about how in the profession these child care slots for kids are so coveted and, and, and the waiting lists and how difficult it is for these parents to really find a place that can legally take their child in if they already have a lot of children in the facility. Right, well, uh, I think affordable childcare was an issue before the pandemic. And I think now that, now that we're, in the midst of going through the pandemic for a year or so, uh, it's gonna be even more valuable and, and those, uh, it's gonna be a high-priced commodity to find a slot for your child. 
um, it was a difficult thing before and it's going to, and the pandemic has not helped it because of course some child care centers like us are closing. Uh, some are still keeping uh, a low amount of enrollment, uh, not a full enrollment at this point. Uh, so it's going to, it's going to be difficult. And as people come back to the workforce uh, after being out and staying at home, you know, they're all going to be out there vying for that precious slot. So that's one of the things the child care coordinator hopefully will help parents is to navigate through that here in, in Murfreesboro and in the county. It's, it's difficult to do. I, I won't say it's not going to be easy, an easy thing, but uh, we're hoping that having the child care coordinator that can kind of speed it up for the parents to find those slots uh, more easily than them trying to go out on their own and do that. Now, as we found out during the pandemic, some parents have the option of working from home, which means that the kids will be there and the uh, parent will be there. And if the kid needs the parent, the parent can pause for a moment and take care of the child. And that's great. But not all parents have that sort of option. There some jobs require an on-site presence. Some supervisors refuse to allow it. And that puts a real strain on, on the working parent, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And, and of course, there, there is that option for parents who are taking classes uh, to do it online. And of course, you know, the pandemic has done one thing. It has helped uh, the online classes become uh, a better option, I think. However, for any parent that's out there, you'll know that trying to uh, be online, listening to a lecture, or trying to do your studies online is difficult when you have a toddler or preschooler or even an infant uh, there at your facility, because as you said, you're interrupted. Uh, you may not be able to get back to it. Um, so it, in and of itself, it's not the uh, ideal solution. Uh, it can be for some, but as you said, the others, it's, it's not an option. Uh, so childcare is still going to be needed uh, for uh, student parents and for those who are employed, uh, even if they're working from home. It's, it's difficult to do work when you have children running around. <laughs> It's not easy to write a doctoral dissertation right. on post-Cold War totalitarianism while Junior is pulling his sister's right. hair. Right. It just doesn't work. Yes, and, you, and you're, you always have a, your one eye is always off of the, of the computer watching what's going on. So it, you're, you're not totally there with your studies. We'll take another break here and we'll return. This is MTSU on the Record. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Non-Traditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brown bag series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. MTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. 
We're talking with Nancy James. She retired December 22nd. Uh, she uh, was the director of the MTSU Child Care Lab for 33 years. And it, this marks not only a change in her personal and professional life, but also a change in the way that MTSU serves working parent slash students who need childcare. Uh, will, uh, what, will the grants be enough to meet the need, especially without the fees ordinarily paid to the childcare lab by the parents? You, know, you're fund, you were funded, the childcare lab was, but the parents also paid uh, a certain amount in, uh, in order to help keep the childcare lab running. Yes. That's correct. And uh, the grant money for sure will not cover the total cost of childcare in a particular semester. It is there to assist. Um, and of course, parents are used to paying a weekly fee. They paid it here to provide, to cover our operational expenses, basically. And so uh, that, you know, they're still going to need to have a weekly fee that they'll have to pay. And hopefully the grant money will, will provide a good supplement for them. Uh, the other thing the child care coordinator hopefully will be doing, too, is, is providing information to parents because there are child care assistance programs uh, in the state that uh, parents can get on that uh, provide more of a um, supplement than, than what we're providing here at the beginning. And hopefully, I'd like to see that those uh, supplement pays go up. And of course, my, my total desire would be to see that either the other two early childhood programs are expanded so that they can provide more options to parents here on campus, because there's nothing like having your child on campus with you. You can't you can't pay enough for, for that convenience, but um, uh, I'd like to see those either expanded. And of course, uh, my bias is that a child care facility be another child care facility be um, built uh, if, if needed. Um, but again, that is something that I think um, is, is so important to new employees that are coming in and to those non-traditional students who are coming back to, to earn that degree. It's not just uh, convenience, it's also peace of mind. If, yes. if mommy and daddy is dropping their child off somewhere, they don't want to be wondering in the back of their minds whether that child's nutritional needs are being sufficiently attended to. Uh, hygiene and bathroom needs are being sufficiently attended to, that they're being engaged in not only fun, activities, but activities in which they can actually learn and grow and, and develop. There's a, nothing like having a, the assurance as you go about your studies or your working or anything that you're doing that you don't have to fear that the people in charge of your child for that period of time might not be taking their job seriously. That's very important. Yes, and I, you know, that's one of the nice things about having the lab right here on campus was that parents could drop in at lunchtime and eat with their children. They could come to play with them anytime during the day if they have a break. Uh, we had special programs that we put on and invited parents to be here for those programs. Um, we've always been, and one of the things I like that I'm proud that our staff did was when I started, 
Um, most people were concerned about the academic components of, uh, you know, are you teaching my child the ABCs and one, two, threes? And uh, we have always um, emphasized, no, there's four main domains that your child needs to excel in and uh, progress in that will be ensure that they're happy and healthy and successful. And that is not only the cognitive, the academic skills, but also social and emotional skills. And uh, also your, their physical development, all of those are tied together and you can't separate one from the other. And so we have always tried to be sure, ensure that the children uh, are learning through play, which you know here of late has been, um, uh, research has shown is the way to go. And we've always been proud that we've done that uh, throughout the years and that they're learning all four of those during their play. And uh, that causes, that allows the child to be ready for that kindergarten and for growing up and to be happy and healthy. And that's of course the main mission for any childcare center, I think. Uh, so for parents to come in and see that happening, you know, they can drop in to see that is, is wonderful. I, I, you, like you said, you can't put a price on that. Childcare is so underrated as a profession. A lot of people think it's just babysitting, but it's so much more than babysitting, isn't it? Right, it sure is. And, um, you know, when research tells you time and time again that in order for a child to be successful, they're the from birth to age six is just so important. And so early childhood is starting to be seen as probably the most formative years for a child to develop. Now that doesn't mean that after age six, there's nothing you can do, but to me, it's more like, and even before prenatal is also very important. So even before birth, but it's like you're being proactive if you put a lot of resources um, and funding into uh, prenatal through age six. Whereas if starting at age six, seven, if a child is behind, you're having to start to be reactive. And it still can be, the child can still be very successful after that. But if we can put more of our emphasis in the early childhood years, it's going to allow that child to be more successful as they go on and, and less reactive to some needs that they might, might have to um, overcome. So um, you get, I think now's the time everybody, of course, everybody believes that early childhood is important, but you know, now's the time now to put the funding into that and say, yeah, it's so important that we need to be sure that we can fund these early years. What changes have you seen in the child care profession in general during your time as a provider? I'm, I'm sure things have not remained stagnant either in, uh, in theories or approaches to, uh, to how to take care of little children. Right. Well, I, you know, over the years, when I started 33 years ago, uh, there wasn't even an early childhood program in this area. Um, so just the fact that, that we now have all these early childhood programs in higher ed and uh, other places where you can earn some training uh, tells that it's important that you just don't go in. No one, not anyone can work with children. It does take... Um, a love of children, first of all, but then it also takes a lot of knowledge to do it the right way. So I think I've seen over the years uh, the increase in the research, which backs up what the training needs to be for the early childhood profession. And it is a profession. As you said, it's not just babysitting. It is a profession. 
And uh, I think, you know, a lot of resources have started going into um, working with people and training them. Uh, the problem is that the uh, wages have not, that has stagnated um, the whole 33 years I've been here. Unfortunately, people are not paid for working in this profession the way they should be paid. And that's why there's such a high turnover, um, which is, of course, not good for the profession. So I, I think that is still something that needs to be addressed. But the fact that research has changed how we look at it and the fact that we have now acknowledged that training, certain training has to be done, is certainly a good step in the right direction. How about having more men in the child care profession? Every school system says we need more male teachers because little boys need male role models. Do you think that's true in the child care profession too? I do. And I know there's some trepidation about that because, of course, with all the, you know, why does a man want to work with kids, you know, and there's a little apprehension there. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have always had that great experience. So we've had a few uh, work study students that were males, uh, some interns that have been males. And the children just absolutely love having a male figure in the classroom. Uh, I think it, uh, you know, I, I think it takes both because, as we say, as parents, it takes both the, the mom and the dad. And so same thing in teaching, it takes a, a woman role model and it takes also a male role model. And uh, I would be all for encouraging uh, men to go into this field. But as I said, there has been apprehension about it, but I think it can only help the child to see both. Now that you're leaving all this behind, what's in store for Nancy James? Well, I am still going to continue working in some organizations that I belong to, and uh, uh, one of them is I'm president of the American Association of University Women in Murfreesboro. We will be collaborating with the Women's Center here at MTSU, so I will still be around. Of course, I'll always try to keep child care in the forefront, uh, so I'm still going to do that, but then again, I get to have a little time to decide on time spent on my hobbies, traveling. My husband's retired already, so uh, so I, I'm going to still stay busy. As, as people say, you know, when you retire, you, you remain busy. You think, I, how did I ever have time to work? Nancy James, former director of the MTSU Child Care Lab, thanks for being our guest on MTSU on the record. Well, thanks for having me, and, and uh, best wishes to you. We'll be right back. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Randy Weiler has the middle moment. 
MTSU's College of Basic and Applied Sciences helps bring research by doctoral students to a broader audience through a three-minute video contest. Associate Professor Holly Spooner explains 3MT at MT. The purpose of the three-minute thesis is to essentially allow the students an opportunity to condense down the research that they do into a three-minute presentation that is designed for basically a lay audience. Um, so it really requires a different type of communication skill where the students have to, to really be able to, to narrow down what's the take-home message of their research, how it relates to broader society. This was across a wide range of CBAS disciplines. So basically we opened this to all students in the College of Basic and Applied Science. So there were students in the MOBI program, students within specific programs in biology, chemistry, math science education. There, there was no limit on, on that other than being a part of CBAS. So there was a, a really good diversity in the presentations. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU On The Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.